I want to be your real estate resource. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Your Real Estate Resource. I'm your host, Steve Ravithis with Ravithis Realty, and today we are fortunate enough to have with us David Condon of Northeast Security Solutions. Welcome to the show, David. Pleasure to be here. Uh, One heck of a resume here. Let me just read through this really quick. So David is second generation owner of the company. Uh, He's personally been in the safety and security business for over 15 years. He is a graduate of the Eisenberg School of Management at UMass Amherst. He's a 2014 40 under 40 winner from Business West, Rotary International Paul Harris Fellow and past assistant district governor. And he also serves as vice president for the Massachusetts Systems Contractors Association. He is a licensed low voltage electrician and a licensed locksmith. So uh, I think you're qualified to do the job here of, <laughs> of security solutions. Nothing else. I got tenure in it. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Tell us a little bit about the history behind the, the company. Second generation is pretty cool. So let's, let's hear about that. Yeah. So uh, so my uncle and my father started it in the late 80s. Uh, my uncle was coming out of the military. He had gotten some locksmithing experience over there. And him and my father were looking for something to do together. They wanted to be business owners. So it was natural to, to go with locksmithing because it was a trade that my uncle had. So. Okay. Um, my uncle got out, uh, kind of quick. My dad took it and ran with it. Um, and you know, we, we started out primarily as just locksmiths. So we were doing, uh, door hardware and, and commercial hardware. And then as our industry has evolved into more electronic security products, uh, we've kept up with the technology and so we've evolved with it. And so now we also offer all those products as well. Very cool. Um, let's talk, uh, a little bit on residential security and, and why is it important, uh, for those people buying a house to start thinking about the stuff that you guys do? Sure. So, um, to be honest, a lot of times, uh, our aspect of the home buying process actually gets overlooked, you know, but it's, it's, you know, it's understandable. They got a lot going on. They're trying to find the right house, get the best mortgage, make sure all their belongings get into the right places. Um, but starting out at the beginning is a great time to get the home set up, uh, for security. And then in addition, uh, some of our aspects of best practices are actually required by the fire department to sign off on them, such as having smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you just talk about that a little bit? I know there's some confusion about there about what is a smoke and a carbon. Can they be all in one? There's some that have voice detection and stuff. And sure. So let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. So it is important to remember that uh, fire codes and building codes are just the mandatory minimums. So hopefully folks are wanting to do more than just the bare minimum to protect their family. Um, but if they are looking for just the bare bones, um, it's going to be based on when the home was built or substantially renovated. Uh, so we actually have an article on our website where we go over based on what the date of the home is, what the specific items are that are required to be there. Um, but I figured I'd go over what best practices are for everybody. Sounds good. So uh, a home built today, it should have a smoke detector inside every bedroom in the home. It should have one just outside the bedroom in the hallway. It needs to have at least one on every level of the home. There needs to be one at the base of any staircase. In addition to that, there also needs to be a heat detector in the garage. We also recommend that you don't put in any detectors too close to a kitchen or a bathroom that has uh, a shower in it so that you don't get any false alarms. Okay, and that's just smoke detection, right? Or are you guys building carbons into all of that stuff? Yep, so carbon monoxide, that's only been required uh, since around 2006. That's a little newer. Um, but those are required to be at least one on every level of the home and uh, outside the bedrooms within 10 feet of the door. Okay. And what about actually notifying the fire department? Because it seems all well and good that you got buzzers going off in your house, but that's not going <laughs> to help put the fire out. Sure, sure, sure. So uh, even though they're commonly uh, interchanged in the general public, smoke detectors and smoke alarms are actually two different products. 
Uh, so smoke alarms are kind of the standalone, not part of alarm system that people have. And they notify the occupants of the building, but that's where it ends. So hopefully you hear it, you wake up and you get out. Um, but then you have to try to find somebody with a phone to call the fire department. So smoke detectors, they're tied into your alarm system. And when you're paying for monitoring, our central system operators, when they see that signal come through, they're calling to the fire department for you. Is anybody that can tell you that fights fires, seconds matter in a fire. So sure. getting that call to the fire department sooner rather than later can be a huge difference in what survives and what doesn't survive the fire. I'm assuming there'll be some insurance savings and, and stuff like that with some of these systems that you're putting in. Yeah, it definitely varies from carrier, but you know we see as little as 5% to as much as 20% premium savings. So you know sometimes the cost of the monitoring is actually covered by the savings and the insurance that you get. Okay. Um, so good stuff on, on the fire. Um, what about protecting against burglaries? Yeah, so... Um, FBI crime statistics tell us that the majority of home break-ins, uh, they're, they're random chance encounters, typically during the day. And more often than not, a burglar is not specifically targeting you. They're going through a neighborhood. They're looking for a target that looks easy to get into, easy to get out of, hopefully without being seen. So the name of the game is trying to keep your house from looking as appealing as possible to a burglar. Okay. So what are some safety tips that you would give to our listeners that, that they could take on and uh, in the near future here, something that's not too, too crazy. Yeah. So so we tell our customers to start at the curb. Okay. So go to the street, take a look at your house, and try to think like a burglar. Do you have any uh, landscaping elements uh, like bushes or fences that would make a good hiding spot for a burglar to be behind while they're trying to break into your home? Is the property well lit at night? Um, the bushes that are near doors, do they have thorns to hopefully deter somebody from trying to sneak in the bushes while, they're, while a car goes by? Um, is it obvious that you've Put some security measures in place. So do you have a sign that says there's an alarm system installed? Do you have good locks on the door? Those are all things that are kind of your first line of defense from a burglar. Okay. So let's assume outside's looking pretty good. Uh, maybe I even get a sign, even though I don't have a system. I put one of <laughs> out there. What's next? Yeah. So uh, the next part is going to be the door. Uh, doors are commonly the entry point for burglars. So that's where we tell people to start when they're looking at their security measures. All right. Different types of locks that you would recommend? Yeah, so so we tell folks that every exterior door should have a deadbolt. Um, the deadbolt is the primary protection on a door. Um, most of well, all doors are going to have a knob set, but knobs are really designed to keep the door just latched and not closing in the wind. Sure, uh, a deadbolt's going to have a solid one-inch throw into the frame, a good deadbolt at least. Um, so that's where going to be your uh, where your security protection is. Now we're seeing a lot of these electronic uh, deadbolts. You know, we actually use them for our offices. So sure. I just want to get a little bit of your take on those and, and where the industry's going. You know, the type of thing that automatically locks when I when I leave and it opens when I get there. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so the, the, there's a lot of convenience elements in those. Um, you know, not having to worry about having the key and having it lock and lock automatically to ensure the deadbolt's being used. Those are all good things. Um, there are some downsides to the electronic locks. Um, so, for example, if, if you're coming home and there's somebody with you that you don't want to know your key and, and you're popping the code in, you know, they could see that code and now have access to your property. Um, in, in addition, uh, typically the locks, the deadbolts that they're putting these electronic keypads are on are not typically what's considered uh, what's called a grade one deadbolt, which are the higher quality of deadbolts. Um, so there is a little bit of a trade off in the convenience that you get with a keypad lock. Gotcha. Um... How about uh, I'm inside the property, right? So let's say I've, everything's done on the outside. I've got my deadbolts. Any measures that I should be taking inside the house? Sure. So hopefully the burglar's been deterred because you had good landscaping. Yeah. And if not, hopefully the lock kept them out. But, uh, you know, 
even the best deadbolt on the planet, if the burglar has enough time, enough tools, and enough determination, any lock can be defeated eventually. So that next line of defense is going to be an intrusion alarm system, security system. Uh, hopefully when somebody opens that door, they hear that siren go off and they bolt. But if for some reason they didn't, the police are being notified, so the police are coming, and hopefully the burglar doesn't have too much time in the property. Okay. And I know those can get super extensive, so let's kind of take us through some of the grades of those security systems when somebody walks in the door, whether it's you know, motion or it's the windows or so. I know there's some options out there. Sure. Yeah. So what we'll typically do is we'll we'll go to a homeowner's and we'll uh, we'll take a look at, at what they have for how many doors, how many windows, and we'll make recommendations about of what we think would be good for adequate protection. Um, different people have different comfort levels, so we can build in uh, multiple redundancies. So if for some reason a burglar is able to bypass one uh, intrusion detection method, there's another one backing it up. Uh, but some some people are comfortable with less protection. It's going to be a combination of what allows the homeowner to sleep at night, uh, what their budget is. And then the makeup of the home. Each home is going to be a little bit different. And we take that all into consideration. So you're, you're most commonly, though, going to mix up some of these technologies where you're going to, you know, if you were putting full security and, and somebody just said, you know what, Dave, just do what you think we, needs to be done for this house. We're going to mix and match some motion with some window and some door. Yeah. So, so standard, we're going to do every single door. That's okay. the most common entry point uh, for a burglar. So it makes sense to make sure that every single door is protected. Okay. So we'll put a contact on all those. Uh, for windows, we have multiple ways that we can protect those. Uh, and that's going to be a combination of how many windows you have. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have pets in the home? If you have pets, uh, we try to shy away from things like motion detectors because you don't want to get false alarms. Um, we have devices called glass break detectors that we would use in those cases. Uh, so we're going to take a look at uh, a combination of what their budget is and the makeup of the home. And we'll protect those windows using the right extra devices. Okay. What about the notification uh, on that stuff? Uh, I'm assuming in today's technology, we can get a notification on my phone and I can oh, notifi- yeah. notify you know the police department or something. Yeah. So, I mean, standard alarm system for 30 years has been protecting burglaries, but how it does that today is, is definitely a lot more convenient. So you can get uh, instant alerts to your phone, whether it's an actual alarm event or it's just the kids coming home from school disarming the alarm system so you can know when you're in the middle of the meeting that the kids are home without having to get them to call you and interrupt you. You can arm or disarm it from your phone. You can control all sorts of uh, home automation devices like locks, thermostats, uh, uh, blinds, you know, for the most part, if you can dream it, we can probably do it with today's technology. Yeah, I just put a, um, a system in my house, actually, that can do uh, water detection. All right. So I've got a, a sump pump. Uh, and just yeah, in yeah. case if we're uh, to go away on vacation and something were to happen with that sump pump, um, I thought that was a nice little technology to, to help us out. I get a little uh, notification on my cell phone and uh, I've even got a backup sub pump now where it runs on water pressure. So if we were to actually even lose, um, you know, power to the, uh, to the property and my normal sub pump fails, we've got a water, uh, powered sump pump, uh, plus the water detection. So yeah. lots of levels of this stuff. Sure. Sure. We also monitor for temperature sometimes. So, if, you know, God forbid your heating system breaks when you're not home, yep. you're monitoring that temperature so you can get a note, uh, notification and hopefully get that heating system fixed before there's a problem with pipes bursting. Gotcha. Um, well, we're, we're coming up against the break. So I guess I'd, I'd say, what's the one thing that the most important thing that people need to do on, on their residential that gets overlooked? So if someone's going to ask me to do just one, yep. um, I'm definitely going to recommend that deadbolt on every single door. That, yeah. that is your first line of defense. Um, most doors today come with the hole already drilled. So you got to fill the hole anyways. Yeah. Putting those deadbolts in and using them. 
that's going to be the most important stuff they could do. Every single door. Yeah. Every yeah. single outside door. No doubt. Awesome. Well, there's a ton of stuff and we've got a lot to hit still on the, on the second half of this uh, interview, but um, we are up against the break here. So sure. if people do have additional questions, they want to figure out a way to get in touch with you. What's the best way to do that? Yeah. So our, our website has ton of uh, ton of security tips and useful advice. If they go to northeastsecuritysolutions.com, they can find us there. We also have a blog where we put out a weekly uh, article on something new for security related. So a lot of good info there. Uh, if they want to call me, uh, the phone number is 413-SECURITY. Okay. Uh, 413-SECURITY. 413-SECURITY. Okay. Those are the best ways. Awesome. Dave, thanks so much. Looking forward to the second half. Guys, if you have any uh, real estate-related questions that might not be due to security-related uh, uh, stuff and you want to get a hold of me or my team, uh, you can do that at 413-998-7466. That's 413-998-7466. And uh, whether that's with regards to buying property, selling property, investing in property, or maybe you're even looking to uh, get into the real estate business, uh, we'd love to chat with you. So I'm Steve Ravithis, and I want to be your real estate resource. Attention Massachusetts and Connecticut homebuyers. 2019 is shaping up to be a fantastic real estate market. I'm Steve Ravithis, I run Ravithis Realty, and we focus on Western Massachusetts and Northern Connecticut. We wanna help you find your dream home and help you navigate the home buying process. Call us at 413-998-7466. That's 413-998-7466. Who you choose to work with matters, and we wanna be your real estate resource. Are you thinking about selling a piece of real estate in the next three to six months, but aren't sure where to get started? I'm Steve Ravithis. I run Ravithis Realty, and we would love to talk to you about how we can position your property to get top dollar. Our team of experts can help you make the appropriate repairs, stage the property, and make the property stand out online with professional photography and videography. Please give us a call at 413-998-7466. That's 413-998-7466, and talk to one of our listing specialists. Attention Massachusetts and Connecticut homeowners, 2019 is shaping up to be a fantastic real estate market. I'm Steve Ravithis, I run Ravithis Realty, and we focus on Western Massachusetts and Northern Connecticut. Let us help you sell and get top dollar while the market's still hot. Call us at 413-998-7466. That's 413-998-7466. Who you choose to work with matters, and we want to be your real estate resource. Are you thinking about purchasing real estate in the next three to six months, but aren't sure where to get started? I'm Steve Ravithis. I run Ravithis Realty, and we love educating people about the home buying process. We want to be your real estate resource, from helping you find the properties to aligning you with the best local lenders, inspectors, and attorneys to facilitate your transaction. Please give us a call at 413-998-7466. That's 413-998-7466, and talk to one of our buyer specialists. Welcome back to Your Real Estate Resource. I'm Steve Ravithis with Ravithis Realty. And again, our guest today is Dave Condon with Northeast Security Systems. Dave, we left off talking about deadbolts. And yeah. you thought that was the you know, kind of the number one thing that you would recommend to the homeowner if they were going to do one thing. Um, but I know there's a lot of different deadbolts out there. So can you just kind of educate those listeners ab about the differences? Sure. 
So yeah, definitely lots of uh, differences in quality when it comes to deadbolts. Um, you can find a deadbolt for as cheap as $5 and you can spend as high as $300 on a deadbolt and there are different levels in between. So the, the type of things that are going to be in the higher price point model, um, they're going to address many more security flaws than the cheaper deadbolt's going to address. So uh, flaws like can the deadbolt be picked open? Can the deadbolt be drilled open? Um, can somebody um, use a technique, a technique called key bumping where they take a, a blank and with just a tap of a screwdriver can bypass a lock even if they don't have the right key? Um, the higher price point deadbolts aren't going to be susceptible to those flaws. Uh, in addition, the higher price point models also will typically use something called key control. So if you give a copy uh, of a key to the higher security deadbolts that utilize key control, you know that whoever you gave that key to can't go make a copy of that key without you knowing about it. And that's a big security feature. Meaning like the places that make keys, if they bring it there, the, the, those places won't make a copy of that key. Is that how that works? Or? Yep. Yep. Uh, they, they physically couldn't even, even if they wanted to. So it uses a, a key blank that uh, only that dealer has. Okay. Um, so we use a product called uh, Medico High Security Locks. Uh, it's kind of the gold standard in the locksmith industry. And so we have a specific keyway that other dealers in our area, even other Medico dealers, uh, don't use, don't have. They can't get it if they wanted to. And when somebody comes in uh, with one of our Medico keys, we have uh, records of who's authorized to make copies of those keys. And we check IDs, we keep records of the keys that are issued so you can you know when you give a key out that nobody's making copies of it without you knowing gotcha hey one of the things that we talked about over the break um that i thought was interesting i want the listeners to hear about is your fire safety plan we you know we talked about the detectors and yeah, yeah. You know, the department and stuff but the fire safety plan was re really interesting so could you elaborate a little bit on that please certainly certainly yeah. So yeah, so it's, so it's important to have the fire uh, detection devices in place, um, but then what happens when, when an actual fire occurs? Um, so it's, this is especially important when, when you have young kids in the home. Um, make sure they know what to do when they hear those smoke detectors go off. So stay low to the ground. Uh, both heat and smoke will rise, so staying low to the ground will ensure that you, you don't encounter those dangers. Um, as you're trying to leave the property, if you come across a door that's closed, uh, tapping on the doorknob to get a sense of the temperature of that knob. If, if it's cool, it's probably safe to go through that door. If it's hot, there's probably a hazard on the other side. Try to find an alternate path out of the home if possible. Um, then things like having a meeting place outside uh, to all get to and congregate with so you can determine who may still be in the home versus who's out of the home. Those are important things to uh, incorporate in your fire safety plan. I came across an ad, and I don't know if I was a sucker for buying it, but I've got one of these uh, collapsible ladders underneath my uh, my bedroom because we're on the second floor, and I'm thinking, sure. you know, just in case we've got a first floor fire, <laughs> and and I got a hot doorknob, you know. So is there any? I haven't tried it, but it it seems like it should work. And <laughs> it seemed like the smart thing to do. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great device to have. So you know, hopefully you can utilize your staircase in your home. That's going to be the primary uh, exit path. But yeah. if for some reason it appears the fire has blocked that, having that. Fire fire safety ladder to give you an alternate exit path out of the home. That's a good idea. Um, we do recommend trying it before you need it so that you're familiar with the operation. Open up the box, make sure there isn't any uh, packaging in there that needs to be opened before you need it so that when that fire occurs, you can get out as quickly as possible. Cool. Let's transition into safes. You know, that's another security measure that people can put in their homes. And I know there's a wide variety of these. So just love to hear your take on, you know, what to get and what it's going to protect against. Yeah. So uh, a safe is another one of those layers in, in, in the security plan. So uh, the, the good locks are hopefully keeping the burglar out. The alarm system is letting the police know if the locks are bypassed. Uh, that next element, safes, 
they're keeping the very important objects uh, protected while you're waiting for the police to arrive. So things that, uh, that can't be replaced easily are going to be in there. Um, you know, I often get the question, you know, I don't, I don't have any gold, I don't have any heirloom jewelry, why do I need a safe? Um, but the average person still has plenty of objects that they should be keeping in a safe. Um, so we have, we have a full list on our website of over 25 things, but uh, things like passports, uh, social security cards, uh, state planning documents, tax returns, things like this um, are actually targets for thieves. Um, we live in a world where identity theft is prevalent, unfortunately, and, and finding these things in a break-in can lead to further gains for the burglar. What about ratings, right? Like, is there any safes out there that are going to last through a fire or like water? And Yeah, they... so it's actually a kind of a misnomer that, that all safes are, are good to protect against the burglary. But uh, in reality, while all safes have a lock of some sort, uh, not all safes are primarily designed to prevent a burglary. So a, a safe uh, can have a burglar rating, it can have a fire rating, uh, or it can have a combination of the two rating. Uh, it's also important to find out if the safe that you are thinking about buying or have, does it have uh, a factory rating or does it have an independent UL rating? So the difference is with a factory rating, the manufacturer of that safe is stating that it will protect against a certain threat for a certain time point. So the common one would be a, a one hour fire rating. So they're, they're saying that they've built the safe to last one hour in a fire and your object will be protected. Uh, a UL fire rating means that the manufacturer of that safe uh, didn't just make that claim. They actually sent it to UL, uh, who puts it through a, a battery of tests that they put all fire safes through to make sure that it's going to perform at the levels that they expect. So for a one-hour fire rating, they're going to take that safe, they're going to put it in a furnace, they're going to subject the safe to temperatures that an average household fire will get to, and then after it's been in that furnace for an hour, they actually take the safe and they'll drop it three stories to simulate a safe on the second floor falling through the house into the basement during the fire. And the, the contents of that safe have to remain protected to get that rating. So having a UL rated safe versus just a factory rated safe gives you that peace of mind yeah. that the uh, safe is really going to protect against what you're trying. Different. Um, let's switch in uh, gears and talk security cameras, right? We do a, a lot. We're in this digital age. And we've got all kinds of technology and security cameras. They seem to be everywhere now. Yeah. Um, so let's just talk about, you know, the difference between what I can buy at Home Depot or Costco, what you guys install, et cetera. Yeah. So uh, cameras are another one of those uh, security tools that are hopefully in the portfolio of different products that you're using in your home. Um, uh, again, uh, kind of like alarm systems, cameras are kind of being used after the fact. So a camera system, its primary purpose uh, is going to be to get evidence of the event afterwards to hopefully uh, assist law enforcement with either recollecting your valuables or finding out who perpetrated the crime. Um, but they're not typically stopping a crime, yeah. um, other than maybe that deterrent level. So um, it might not necessarily be somebody's first uh, security measure, but if they've already tacked off the other, checked off all the other boxes, it's another good thing to add into the mix to add that additional security protection. Yeah, and, and you know, for remote stuff too, where I, you know, I've got uh, cameras in my building here where I can look on my cell phone and I can pull them up and I can see, you know, who's in and who's not, and then it's going off to the cloud and being recorded. So yes, yeah, so, I mean that, that's the nice thing about some of these security devices is they also add convenience features. So the ability to, to check in, uh, even if it's not a concern of whether employees are working or not, but just seeing, you know, did my appointment arrive when I thought it was because I'm running a little bit late. Um, the security cameras have a lot of different uses other than just security. Um, and then one anecdote, a manufacturer customer of mine 
Um, he stated that once a month he would hop on the cameras, find some object that's on the loading dock and call his staff members and say, hey, why is this box still on the loading dock? That should have been put on the shelf already. And even though he only did that once a month, he gave the impression to his employees that he was looking at it all the time. And so now his staff members, they're under that impression. They're always being watched. And maybe they're just a little more pro, uh, productive than they would have been otherwise. Sure. <laughs> what about uh, th- these uh, guard dog on duty? You know, what would you say to these people? Is that a real good line of defense um, if you've got, you know, maybe a big German shepherd or something in the house? Sure, sure. So, I mean, yeah, like the security measures, uh, a loud dog barking is certainly going to be another one of those deterrents. But... It is important to remember that most people view their pets as extensions of their families. Uh, they love that pet just as much as they love their kids. And unfortunately, there are, there are too many anecdotes out there of when a burglar encounters a pet when they're in the process of uh, breaking into a home. Um, unfortunately, sometimes they will do harm to the pet or at a minimum, maybe just let them loose outside of the home. And now you're, in addition to your belongings being rummaged through or stolen, you're, you're trying to find your dog that was just let out and, let out, yeah. and it's just, it's compounding it. So yeah, I'm not going to say that it doesn't have any security value, yeah. um, but you know, I don't always want the, the family member that's drinking out of the toilet bowl protecting my house. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So most of what we've talked about so far are residential applications, but I know you guys do a good amount of business on the commercial side. So let's just talk about that. Um, you know, one of the key things that uh, comes into mind for me, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> would be access points and key fobs and, and that type of thing. Sure. So what, what do you guys offer in, in that respect? Yeah. So uh, so the limitation of a key is that it works 24 hours a day. So when you give that key to somebody, whether you want them there at all hours or not, they have that access. So uh, we can install systems that will limit that access. So um, with an access control system, you know, most people think of a card reader or a fob, you know, we can control what time of day that that person has access to a particular door. So they're only being there when you want them to be there. Um, in addition, a key can't tell you when it opened lock, but an access control system, we can tell you who swiped at that reader and at what time, uh, whether they were granted access or not granted access, you now have a record of that information. And then if for some reason you have somebody that had access that you no longer want to have access with a key, you have to try to find that person to get the key back or you have to rekey all your locks, issue new keys to everyone else. With the access control system, we can just go into the software, remove access for that person and the fob that they have no longer gets them entry to where you're not supposed to get. Yeah. One of of the key things that you had mentioned uh, off mic was uh, those open and close reports, you know, of just knowing that somebody is there, you know, the the business is supposed to be open at 9 a.m. Somebody does go, they enter, um, no notification would go out. But if for some reason you, you know, the door doesn't get open by 9 a.m., then the owner could be notified. And I thought that was a really, really good feature. And the same thing at at close, right? If 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 we're supposed to be closed down at nine o'clock and for some reason, you know, we don't, uh, don't close and I'm going to get a notification that says, Hey, nobody locked up at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, alarm system is only going to be good if it's armed. So if if your staff isn't arming the system before they leave, that's something you're going to want to know. Yeah. Listen, great stuff. Tons of information. I know you guys do a heck of a lot more. So (laughs) uh, unfortunately we are up against the end of the show. So if people want to get in touch with you, Dave, what's the best way to do that? Yeah. So, uh, so again, the website is definitely the best place to start. There's lots of information on there, lots of free security advice that people can use, whether they use us or not. So northeastsecuritysolutions.com, uh, that's the best way to, to get there. And then uh, my phone number is 413-SECURITY, 413-SECURITY, 413-SECURITY. Awesome. Thanks so much. Tons of great information. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Pleasure to be here.
Guys, if you've got any real estate related questions, uh, looking to buy, sell, invest, or uh, maybe even get into this crazy world of real estate, uh, we'd love to hear from you. 413-998-7466. 413-998-7466. I'm Steve Ravithis, and I want to be your real estate resource. 